What is HyFlex and how does this modality work? Wait, first off, what is course design? And how do we design classes that encourage intrinsic engagement? How do you increase flexibility and honor student agency? Welcome to a Safe Topics mini-series where Sean and Curry talk about why we teach and how we teach. Here's a description of the high flex class from our course catalog and how students are going to be reading this as they're enrolling in classes. Okay. Here are the notes. Plus 27 hours online, oh. period. High flex, parentheses, on campus and Zoom end parentheses period <laughs> students should be prepared to participate in the scheduled lecture on campus or online via zoom at the days times location specified in the schedule of classes check the syllabus for details must be fully vaccinated against covid 19 to attend on ground classes for more information please visit miracosta.edu covid not more information on HyFlex, more information on the COVID, COVID protocols. On the, yes, gotcha. Curry? Yes? Reading that as a student signing up for classes, what does that mean to you? Sure, and I'm hearing that from the for the first time, hearing it, not reading it. I hear a lot of emphasis on time. It's 20, what was it, 27 plus hours? Online. Yep, I'm hearing in a classroom or in Zoom, so that's a time I'm going to log in or show up for a block of time. And uh, I'm, I'm encouraged to, I, I got to participate in that time, right? I'm not hearing a lot of what we talked about in the last episode. Uh, uh, my flexibility, in other words, is I'm there or I'm online, but that's what my flexibility is limited to. Is that, yeah? It, the notes start plus 27 hours online. So that reads to me like whatever we're doing, plus okay. I have a lot of, when we're talking about hybrid, right? Like the yes. asynchronous, synchronous. So yes. asynchronous, the way I'm reading it and understanding it as a reader here is that there's the synchronous time plus 27 additional hours online. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what's the, what's the synchronous time? The amount of time? No, like when's it scheduled? Or do you not um, want to share that? Oh yeah, it's two. It's one day a week. Okay. Um, for an hour and fifteen minutes. Okay, perfect. So yeah. this, yeah. So as a student, I'm reading that like maybe if I've taken a hybrid class before, that's sounding familiar to me. So I'm meeting a certain time during the week, and the rest is online work. Um, the bonus here is I can zoom in. I don't necessarily have to drive to campus. Okay, so yes, that's a big thing because what we what we are reading here is lecture on campus yes. or online via Zoom. Yeah, the or the or is important. It's yes. not an and, right? right. Yeah. Um, so with that though, do you, as a student, do you yes. feel like you need to be fully vaccinated to attend this class? Uh, no, because Why? I can just I can just zoom in, right? I don't, I don't have to, the, the, vaccine, the vaccine is important if I want to go to campus, but I don't have to go to campus, right? Right. So yeah. you can just, you could sign up for this class. Yes. Never intending on going to an on-ground and maybe not just because you're vaccinated or not. We could take that out of the equation. You want an online class. Yeah. You want a Zoom class for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. This yeah. is available to you. Yeah. Now, do you feel like, based on the research and, and reading that you've done on HyFlex, that's accomplishing what HyFlex was created for? Um, I think in part. So 
the last the last episode we talked about the student who works best at a certain time of the day or is obligated to work at a certain you know part of the day that student is not going to look at this class and think oh there's a space for me there's a route there's a a pathway for me in this class based on what my boss might do to me next week or the week after blah 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 or you know absolutely um uh, uh, so I don't see the, 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 the hybrid where asynchronous and synchronous are really. So th this description describes synchronous sessions and asynchronous work, but I don't hear it giving flexibility. I can choose a just a, a fully asynchronous experience in this class. I can't do that. I have to blend them both together. So if this is the first time, and for most of our students, it will be the first time that they're you know, coming across this type of modality when they're selecting their classes. Yes. So when it says students should be prepared to participate in the scheduled lecture on campus or online via Zoom. Yeah. See, again, you're right. It doesn't speak to the flexibility. Is that telling me that I have to pick whether I'm going to be on ground all the time or on Zoom all the time? Or do I get that flexibility? It says check the syllabus for details. We yep. know those syllabi don't come out at the same time and there's no link to the syllabus right? Right, right where you're going to get a more thorough explanation from the instructor of what this means right so and and i'm not being critical of the notes no. here and, and no, 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 no. I, I feel like this is kind of like this this explains it but if it's since it's so new and it's a pilot of course there's going to be confusion no matter what you do in this space right of course and this is a little bit like what we did in episode two of this little series where we talked about the core so we've got this outline of, of objectives and kind of criteria. We're gonna definitely use that to design our classes. We can't just go do whatever we want to. And so if the, if this is what students are, are looking at, mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't deviate very much from it because that's just gonna add more chaos. So it's, I think it's really interesting to start there. And we also talked about last time that what we're doing is trying, so. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're gonna try. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, my, my my best skill is trying. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of um, what's possible this next semester in terms of so you've got you're going to be in a classroom, you're going to be zooming at the same time. So uh, there's technology involved there. There's those spaces there. And then there's this sort of asynchronous element built in there as well. So look, I think it's important as instructors for us to have humility yes. for us to, you know, um, be vulnerable and to show students that we're learning alongside with them, whether that's a class that we've taught a hundred times in the same modality or something brand new like this. However, I also personally, I, I feel a responsibility to at least appear competent and confident in what I'm doing, right? Of course, yes. Um, and that comes through preparation, but it also comes through sheer will of like, in this moment, I'm going to appear confident that this is the plan and it's going to go this way with that word again, flexibility, if it, if it doesn't, right? Yeah. Yes. So I'm always kind of ready for that. But I, my hope is that we get through 16 weeks, we, we have all of our live sessions, you know, I will be in the classroom um, and and that people on Zoom, as well as people who attend in 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 person, which are probably the same people, just depending yeah. on the week. Yeah. Will feel like they're coming away 
knowing the social world better, which is really my main purpose in a social 101 class. For sure. That that doesn't change, yeah. right? But as far as the technology and, and the experience of this different modality, that this was as rich or more so, hopefully, but as rich of a learning experience as if they did this 100% online, yeah, asynchronously, or were in my... I hopefully more than my Zoom classes, honestly, because that's still kind of new to me and new to many of us. Yeah. But the on-ground classes as well, like they felt like that that we had a community of learners and that we were all able to contribute in the ways that we felt we wanted to contribute. Yeah. Is that so, a little too rosy? Was that a little too? No, no. I hear okay. a lot of ideal and, and optimism and hope and yes, uh, which is good. I mean. Better to go into that with that than cynicism. Like, fuck, this is going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> None of this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to be heard. Yeah. Most of all me. <laughs> yeah. So the student that's going to sign up for this class, uh, I have no data to point to. I have just my kind of experience as a teacher and, and where my, my assumptions about um, what this modality, how this modality would appeal. I'm assuming, and, and we are talking about, we're in the middle of the summer, 2021, talking about the fall. The Delta variant is spiking right now, and, it, and CDC is now again recommending vaccinated people wear masks again. We haven't heard anything from our institutions about like what we should or shouldn't do. I did yeah. notice, just as a quick sidetrack, I looked at my fall rosters. I don't know if you've done that yet. And I can see next to my students' names, I don't know if we're supposed to say this, but I'm going to fucking do it. Uh, a little check mark or an X, and it's telling me who's sort of it's done that good. proof of vaccination and uh, who hasn't, which is, I'm not sure how I, I'm thinking about that yet. But so the student that's going to sign up for your class, which is simulcasted in the space or in Zoom plus an asynchronous element, or my class, which is fully on ground, who, who do you think these students are? Give me more to that question. Okay. So are we, are you thinking the normal kind of spread of like a couple high schoolers, a couple returning students, some folks working, some folks not working, or are you seeing, are you thinking it's going to tilt in a certain way? Like folks that don't want to go to campus or what, what are you thinking? The way the notes are written. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're going to have the spread because yeah. if, if I'm reading that as I could take this completely online, then right. we're getting the spread, right? Because right. if I'm if I'm reading this as like there's an in, on ground in person component, I think what the data um, has revealed, as far as I know, I'm sorry, please don't quote me on this, folks, but I I do think that it says that students over 25 are more likely to want to come back to an in person experience where younger right. students feel like doing it online is still you know is sufficient and good for yeah. them. So I do think the returning students, older students, older, but meaning over 25, sure. um, I think that they uh, will be more likely to sign up for this than my 100% online class, Yeah. right? But I, I think I'm gonna be getting the usual spread, maybe a couple high school students, Yeah. you know, the, things like that. But with the the middle of a weekday, you know, late morning, I think that, maybe not the high school students who are going to high school. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's important to think about this, though, because the, the, the cornerstone of high flex is that student-directed participation. 
Um, and so we can only guess this is, this is the first time we're trying at, at what this student group will be like, who the individuals will be, what the community that forms will be, and what the demands from those uh, will be. After we teach this a few times, we'll have a better sense, right? But it's important, right? And, and my class, I'm not, doing a, I'm not doing a high flex class in the fall, mm-hmm. but, but what I am doing that I think is re- related, I'm translating an asynchronous English 100 into a synchronous one. I've never done that before. I've always, whenever I've gone to teach online, it's either from scratch or it's trying to figure out how this synchronous traditional physical space classroom class might work in the online asynchronous space. Yeah. This time I'm teaching in a classroom, but I'm using my asynchronous stuff. So Mm. I'm hoping that allows a student to not go to class that day. And, but there's some content we generate in class that makes it, so that they don't feel like they missed out. They're still, and I'm, I'm thinking instead of this sort of, you missed it because we did it on Monday, I'm thinking more the window of opportunity to do the thing is between Monday and Wednesday. Um, oh. And so who's going, who is going to recognize that, uh, uh, engage with that, want to choose that? that that's what I'm, I'm wondering about, right? Like who are, who are my students? What will they determine? That being such an important part of high flex, the high flex model. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're doing like low flex is like, <laughs> no. yeah. Or flips like a no, flipped just, classroom with some, yeah. Some or just flex, flex. or just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that in a disparaging way. No, it's cool. I'm just, going low. You go high. That's fine. <laughs> oh no, no, no. But I think that does speak to a lot of those principles that we talked about in the last, that we introduced in the last episode. So those four things like learner choice is there, right? Like, yes. okay. I don't have to come in and be there on Monday. I have till Wednesday to do this thing. Yep. This thing is equivalent moving toward, it's actually more equivalent than the other things we talked about because it's not just the the learning outcome is similar, but the experience is actually similar. It's just not synchronous, right? Is what I'm right. hearing. Yes. And then the reusability is that's built into it. You're, you're saying that this is, you're not going to miss out because it is student generated content that will be available to all of you. Right. And I don't want to get too much into details, but like, for example, let's say on a Monday, we hang out in the classroom, uh, the lecture, quote unquote lecture was a five minute video they watched before they got there. And there were two articles to read that they wrote about in their journal. So it's that flipped kind of model. Yes. So they show up, we touch base for five seconds, and then we mostly work in a Google Doc. And that Google Doc has space for all the students, their names, whatever. Yeah. If you're not there you still watch the lecture. You still did the journal work. You still have access to the Google doc. And your name has a space in the Google doc. You're not there in real time, but it's not due till Wednesday anyway. So, and then we can start, you weren't there Monday, but you are there Wednesday. We can start with what you contributed Monday, even though you weren't there and you're, you've generated content for us for Wednesday, you know? So that kind of, yeah, that kind of thinking. Um, So really you're, yeah. Like the window, like you said, you are just expanding class time contribution and learning and teaching all of those from an hour and some change to three days. Yeah. Wow. Right. But okay. So learner choice, this is something I've been thinking a lot about and I, and I've done these synchronous sessions in asynchronous classes before. And and I just read this article um, by a teacher who does this as well. And she was saying, okay, only three students showed up and they weren't really participating. And so what she did was she just decided, okay, it's, this is not good timing. We're not into it. 
uh, we're going to cut the session short. Um, next time, 10 students showed up, but the same kind of level of participation, lots of black Zoom screens, not a lot. Sure. So same thing, cut it short. She got feedback mid-semester that said, listen, I know I'm not talking a lot, but I really need to hear you and I really need this, these activities. And I set aside an hour and a half. So it might not seem fun or whatever, but I get a lot of value out of these things. So for the rest of them, please let's keep us there. We were choosing to be there. And I, I read that. I'm like, holy shit. Like that's that learner choice side of it. Right. That's not me as the teacher feeling it or not. It's no, no, no. I, I am committed to this content and these modalities, and I'm going to honor whatever choices my students make, you know, follow through. Right. And, and well, that's just the classic. You don't know until you ask. Right. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. can have all of these assumptions uh, of what's happening with our students or if they're engaged or they're disengaged. But really, those are all just surface level observations based on our limited perception of the situation that's where it's like, well, there's. What, what we think's going on is is probably not even close to what's really going on, you know, and we find that out time and time again, but we still rely on those assumptions because they're easy. Yeah. You know, we all do yeah. that and they're shortcuts. Yeah. But to actually ask them how that's going in a way that they trust that they can be honest in those um, assessments and those check-ins. I mean, yeah, that's where we get the, the richest data, right? And that, yeah. that's what we're seeing there. And, and I hope See, when we talk about the ideal high flex classroom yeah. is that I'm constantly getting that feedback from them as we're doing activities, you know, mid semester, like which which modality is most effective for you? Do you feel like if you you're on Zoom or you're in person, you're, you're feeling like you're getting the same or similar experience? And when you just go totally asynchronous, are, are, are you feeling like that learning is just as rich as the other two? Yep. Yeah, those are those are the kind of things that I'm gonna have to be asking. And and maybe, maybe I, I simply center it around the four principles. You know, my questions start with do you feel like as a learner you have a choice here? Yeah. Do you feel like it's equivalent across these three different ways of doing this class? Uh is there reusability? Do you feel like there are there are things that you can come back to and they're useful for you in, in furthering or deepening your learning. And then do you feel like you have an equitable, you know, after we kind of break down what all these things mean and what they can look like, yeah. um, access to everything that we're doing? Yeah, yeah. It makes me think that, so centering our pedagogies, centering those sort of students, uh, uh, these principles in that way, it, it, it's a way for all of us to move towards these hybrid, flexible um, methods, right? I don't know. I don't think that what you're doing next semester, definitely not what I'm doing, is actually is all of what High Flex says we can do. But, but to just dump, jump straight into that might, is probably overwhelming and not very smart anyway. So this, I think what you and I are describing is an additive approach. If we just start, so like if I'm a teacher who already has a flipped curriculum, thinking about, okay, I've got this flipped model in place. What are the other pieces I can add that moves me deeper into these principles um, um, and, and, and sort of maintains my pedagogy? I, I think that's a, that's a cool way to, a better way to think about high flex, right? Especially with that kind of, what problems is this solving? Which students don't have access that I can give access to if I move in that direction and adopt these other tools and spaces, et cetera. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And now I think the question is like, what does the technology support all of these things that we're talking about? Right. 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 And, you know, I, I had an opportunity to check out the high flex room. It's not fully outfitted for it yet, but it, it, it there's a, the basic elements are in the room. We don't yeah. have all the fancy stuff yet. Like there's going to be a micro a, a microphone that's like actually eight microphones that go in all different directions Whoa. that look like a ceiling tile. Cool. Whoa. And that, yeah, and that's going to be put on there, and it can auto detect whoever's speaking in the room. Ooh. And it's not like it just like stops one and picks up the other. It's always picking stuff up, but then it just has the most relevant, you know, uh, um, noise, <laughs> relevant sound <laughs> uh, that that goes through the microphone but then also the the folks that are zooming in will be on a 72 inch monitor in the back of the room Ooh. so i'll be able to see that roster from there so i'm looking out at all the students including the zoom students huge screen in the back and and the students that are actually in the space physically and then um when somebody speaks on the zoom the microphone knows not to pick up that computer audio so it won't have that reverb and that like, you know, echoing nice. thing. So it's actually pretty cool. And, and you have, you know, your screen share on Zoom, which could be on the main projector in the room so that everybody's seeing the same thing, regardless of if or whether they're on Zoom or not, yeah. or they're in person. Uh, so there's a lot of different things going on, right? Um, and, and it's kind of like, you remember that term like teaching naked? Uh -huh. Or it's like using no technology, right? Is the what that means? Not, sure. yeah, not whatever else. Not really teaching. No, naked. yes, yes. No. So, but okay. that there, it's a book. It's a oh. book called Teaching Naked. Right. It's not, not like about, it's not about nudity. It's about or beaches or forests or no. No, it's just oh. about not using technology. That's okay. what it's about. It's I see what it's it's this provocative title that makes me read it, and I go, oh, that <laughs> that's not what this is about. But I'm interested anyway. I see. Yeah. <laughs> So, right, and, and, and what sounds like the high flex modality here is the opposite of that, right? It, it's yes. so far from teaching naked, so right. to speak. Yeah. It, it, it's like I'm wearing chain mail and armor and all of this. So now the question is, am I, are we, the classroom community, and am I being weighed down by all that? See, I was going to go with teaching like a rock climber. It's interesting that you went to, we were talking about Game of Thrones earlier. I think that's, that's right. Your yeah, head. That is exactly um, where it is. But I, we get to the same place because I was going to say weighed down by belay ropes and ice picks and all that very useful things. But yes, we have all these tools, but are they actually helping or hindering the journey here? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's why I think it's important going back to this sort of additive approach. Let's not grab it all at once because we'll be overwhelmed our students will be overwhelmed let's go at this incrementally asking for student feedback adding as we go where we feel it's useful taking away when we realize it's not yeah and next time we could talk about actual design elements and how we put all this together and create this experience that we've just been discussing up to this point exactly we started with how do you design a course just any course next to the core we talked about high flex ideally or or abstractly now this more what are we facing this fall so yeah so in the next couple of episodes we're going to talk about content we're generating 
actual activities we want to create, um, yep. assessment practices, these kinds of things. So nuts and bolts. That's yep. Brick yep. by brick. Sweet. This Safe Topics miniseries is produced and edited by Kelly Barnett, who also created the theme music. James Garcia handles our social media and outreach. Follow us on Instagram at safetopics underscore podcasts. Please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.